0: What's up? Welcome back to Adorned Podcast. This is episode 125, and we are in our series on the story of Scripture. And today we get to discuss wisdom literature with our exciting guest, Courtney Reisig.
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast.
0: We're your hosts,
1: Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding Today we are so excited to have Courtney Reisig back on our podcast. She is a wife and mother, a Bible teacher, a seminary student, an author, um, and she has written a book about the Psalms called Teach Me to Feel, and it is so good. I am about halfway through right now, and oh my goodness, Like my husband was asking me, I was talking about the Psalms, and he's like, where are you learning all this? And and I was like, in Courtney's book. Like It's (laughs) so good. It was really, really good and she has a study guide that goes along with this book as well as some um, YouTube conversations and we will be sure to link all of that in our show notes Mm -hmm. um so yeah, we're
0: excited to have Courtney on here with us today. Yeah, if you haven't listened, or if you're a newer listener, um, the last time we had Courtney on, it was episode 67, and it was in our series that we were talking about how um, just different women that were using their gifts for God's glory. And one of the things Courtney said in that episode has stuck with us, and we say it to each other all the time. She said, just, you got to stay in your lane, stay in your lane. And she was talking about what the Lord was teaching her. And oh my goodness, that's been so encouraging. Yes. Yes. To just not look around, not compare, just like stay on task with what the Lord has given you. And so that would be, um, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode with her. Cause it was, it was very good and super encouraging. So why don't you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm Courtney. I am still trying to stay in my lane. Um, still, <laughs> we all are. Still, still. <laughs> um, so it's still my like phrase for my year. I feel like it'll be my phrase for the rest of my life. um, <laughs> But uh, I'm Courtney. I live in Little Rock, Arkansas, and um, have four sons, and um, I'm married to Daniel. And we um, are—yeah, we just live here and serve in our church, and we— I'm a writer, so I've written three books, and my most recent one is Teach Me to Feel on the Psalms, and I'm a Bible teacher, and before COVID, I sometimes would go travel places to speak, <laughs> <laughs> and now I do everything on Zoom, um, which is so different, mm-hmm. and um, I work for Risen Motherhood as the managing director, so I do a lot of writing there as well, and um, but yeah, my heart is really primarily to uh, teach the Bible to women, to help them um have tools for understanding the Bible for themselves, to be self-feeders, to, to be um, able to interpret and understand the Bible for themselves so that they can then um, serve wherever God has them. And I'm also a seminary student. I've been, a, I feel like I was a seminary student like 15 years ago, and then I got married and we couldn't afford it. And so now I'm finishing up when I started all that time ago. <laughs> and so Lord willing, I'll finish in December. Wow. Um, that's yeah amazing yeah i could probably have finished in the summer um or i could have probably finish by may but i'm just going really slow so
0: yeah
2: and then um lord willing i'll i would like to do some doctoral work but we'll see if that's wow.
0: possible that's so. cool you'll have to keep us updated on yeah. that, that well awesome. I,
2: I do i like school so um i'm just i'm in a new season where i'm able to to do that so mm-hmm. That's awesome. awesome. Okay. So we are in the middle of
1: a series covering the story of scripture and we're telling the story of scripture as one big story. Um, and so today we wanted to talk some about wisdom literature. So can you tell us a little bit about like what wisdom literature is and what books it includes?
2: Yeah. So wisdom literature would be, um, the Psalms, which is the bulk of wisdom literature, but in, in many ways, it's the like poetic books. So that would comprise Job, the Psalms, um, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. And so if you um, have read in that um, like genre, it's more poetic. There's a lot of imagery. Um, and so with the literature, when people are talking about that, it comprises the Psalms and then um, the other books. It's like people will say the Psalms and the wisdom literature. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I know we were talking about that before. We're like, does that mean Psalms is not included in the wisdom literature if they say Psalms and wisdom literature? And we're like, wait, that's confusing. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of confusing. I, don't,
2: I actually don't know. So I don't, I feel like it's all included, but then the Psalms is like a, is it uniquely different? It's like a different tone, I suppose. Yeah, that, that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. So in your book,
0: um, Teach Me to Feel, you say, and this this was like so incredibly helpful to me, but you yeah. say, unlike the narrative parts of the Bible, the Psalms speak into a static time in Israel's history. The narrative of God's work among his people is not advanced in during the Psalms. Instead, we get a behind the scenes look at the mental processes and emotions of real people in that story. That was mm-hmm. so helpful because as yeah. I was thinking through like the story of scripture, I was like, well, what's going on during the Psalms? Like, How is the story mm-hmm. moving? And then when I read that, I was like, Courtney, that is so helpful. So can you mm-hmm. explain like what you mean
2: by that and how it's helpful to know that as you read those mm-hmm. books? Yeah, it's super helpful because so when you think about the Psalms, most of us don't read that superscription under like the heading. So uh, let's say like a, a Psalm, uh, I think it's Psalm 3 where it says it's the Psalm of David. Mm-hmm. So we know it's written by David. And then it's when he was slaying his son Absalom. Yeah. So it's written during a specific time in Israel's history and a specific time in David's history. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't tell us any new details about the narrative because it's it's not speaking to, it's not a story. It's actually telling us how David feels in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's incredibly helpful because it gives us a different vantage point. So when you read narrative, very rarely do you get how the person feels in that moment. I mean, if you think about when you're reading in like Exodus, for example, you're not really given how mm-hmm. you're not really told how Moses' mom feels when she puts him in a basket. Right. Um, so the Psalms give us, like we can, we can, we can, we can imagine what that would feel right. like, but we don't we're not told. Narrative doesn't often tell us. In um, scripture, doesn't often tell us how someone feels in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just relaying the facts. Mm-hmm. So the wisdom, the Psalms are giving us an inside look into um, the soul of the person, like the mm-hmm. psyche of the person in the moment of what they're experiencing, and it really illuminates what's happening in those narrative scenes. So often, this is really important when you're reading the Psalms, is to read that superscription that that the heading that tells you. Who wrote it and when they wrote it? So, Psalm 88, um, I think it's Psalm 88. I can't remember how, like right in front of me, but it was written by um, He Man the Ezraite. And he is, if you go and look in um, Kings and Chronicles, he was someone who served in the temple. He was one of the godly men. He was called one of the godly men. Mm-hmm. That is very helpful when you read Psalm 88 because someone was talking to us like, like he's talking in Psalm 88, we would feel maybe a little uncomfortable and maybe question their, their spirituality. Like, do they really love the Lord? Are they really trusting him? Because it is a cry of the despairing of someone who feels like God has completely abandoned him. So we need to know that he's godly in order to read Psalm 88, because we need to know that this is the way a godly person can and should and often feels and then praise to God when they feel uh, like he's forgotten them in that moment. So, um, I think sometimes we don't read the Psalms that way. We read them as um, like we go to them for a, like a dose of encouragement mm-hmm. or we're like, I'm going to read it for this moment. And I'm going to put it on my, on my, like on like a pretty like watercolor. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, there's a place for that. I have them. So um, mm-hmm. I think it's great. Um, but to understand like what, what they serve in the story of scripture, what purpose they serve is helping us know that real human beings live through these, these narratives And they experienced real human emotion when they lived through these narratives. And they needed words to cry out to God in those moments. And then we also need, we need the same sort of language. And so we can see that we live through real events and time and place. And we have words to cry out out to God in that time and place as well. Yeah. And I think like, what a gift that God included that- Right, like,
0: because otherwise yeah. we would read these things, and we may think, "Well, we don't know how to react. We don't know what is a godly right. response." In like, right. just, that's
2: so kind of God to include that for yes. us. So. Yes, I think that's what I think is so helpful is that the Psalms show God's kindness to us that He remembers our frame. Like He remembers how He, he knows. Psalm or three talks about He remembers our frame, and He mm-hmm. He knows. Our frailty, he knows how feeble we are, and so he gives us words, Um, and especially in the moments when we don't have the words.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, what a gift! I I just think like, man, that's so helpful. So, so we know that all of Scripture is is inspired by God. Why do you think you think that's why he included these? Is to help us to feel? Do you think there's other reasons that he included this in Scripture?
2: I think a big one is to help us to feel Mm -hmm. to to. to engage us in every part of who we are as human beings. Mm-hmm. And so we are, we are, um, we're both mind and heart, right? We, we, we engage with God both in our minds and with our heart and we're thinking and feeling beings in in large part because we're created in God's image and mm-hmm. God also, um, Feels and thinks, and and he we're created in his image, and so I think for us that he's given us different ways to understand him. He's given us ways to understand him both in narrative, mm-hmm. so in our in like in our cognitive, uh, maybe in like in the epistles, and how he's given us like doctrinal truths, um, and then he's given us ways to understand him both in our emotive sense, and I think for. Christians in maybe certain subcultures of Christianity, that can be harder for us to come to terms with because we're so head-focused and not as much heart-focused. And I think the Psalms kind of round us out in helping us engage with God both in our heart and in our mind. Because the Psalms are speaking about true things about who God is, um, but at a heart level. Mm-hmm. So what, what we believe about God should transform how we feel about God. Mm-hmm. And the Psalms give us words for that as well.
0: That's really good. That's a really good way to explain that. So you touched on this a little bit about mentioning David and, and a couple other people, but would you kind of just go over who wrote these books?
2: Yeah. So David wrote a lot of the Psalms. Um, but Moses wrote some of the Psalms. Um, some, some of the Psalms are, have no author, like we don't know who wrote them. Mm -hmm. There's, um, the sons of Korah who were um, priests in, um, in the time of the temple. We have other we have other psalms that were written by um men like Heman the Ezraite, who was a who is a a priest who is a godly man in, in the temple as well. And so most of the psalms were written except for the for like Moses, a lot most of the psalms were written throughout um the reign of David mm-hmm. and the reign of the kings of Israel. And so A lot of, a lot of people would say like the Psalms were also Israel's hymn book when they were in exile, Mm -hmm. which makes sense as you are, as you're reading them, because Israel, Israel needed language, right? In their exile. And so, um, but the, the authors are scattered. Most people attribute a lot of them to David, but not all of them are David. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, how do you think like knowing the Bible is one big story helps us to understand wisdom literature?
2: Yeah. So, um, I think when you think, so with the Psalms, you know, it helps us to see how we feel, you know, within the story, the, I think the Psalms also speak to speak to the story. So Psalm one and two give us creation, how God intended the world to be. He intended us to meditate on his word day and night and to be like trees planted by streams of water and that we're going to flourish. And then there's a King who's ruling and reigning in Psalm two and God has a king and his name is Jesus, and he is God's um, anointed king. Mm -hmm. And then the middle of the Psalms tell us what life is like. The fall, life is hard, life is difficult. We live through a myriad of emotions, and it speaks to redemption. But then also Psalm 145 through 150 speaks to where we're going, where one day we're all going to praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it encapsulates this whole story of Scripture in in a in motive form in in poetic form in 150 psalms but the other parts of wisdom literature sp- help us with the story of scripture as well and so when you think of like Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes is full of so much meaninglessness right I mean so what is the point of the world mm-hmm. and that's I mean, that's what you feel when you're in Ecclesiastes and that's important because when you see it in the context of one big story you um, we see that this is not Ecclesiastes is not the last book in the Bible. Mm. And that's helpful to us because we can, we, we need to wrestle with the feelings of meaninglessness in a broken world, but know that the story of scripture is one big story. And so when it ends in, at the end
1: mm.
2: and um, yeah, so I think there's the, they fit in the story of scripture, not in advancing the story, but in giving us sort of real time examples of what it means to be a part of that story mm-hmm. and not necessarily telling us the next part of the story.
0: That's really good. I think that's that's really helpful, especially what you're saying about Psalms and how we can see all parts of God's story mm-hmm. in, in the Psalms. I think that's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um and and a good reminder for us to be looking for those things. Cause I mean, you can yeah. read and study Psalms and Meditate on Psalms and kind of like you're saying, like, go to Psalms for different reasons. Maybe you're trying to find language around lament or different things, but you probably won't necessarily recognize the whole story of scripture unless you're kind of have that lens and are looking for it. Right, right. Right. Yeah, that's really, that's super helpful. So one of the things we're doing in this series is we're we're talking about people, we're talking about places, and we're talking about promises. And promises, mm-hmm. we're including covenants, but we're also including just like promises of God's character, right? Because we know he's mm-hmm. immutable. So whatever he reveals about his character is going to be true for the whole story of scripture. So mm-hmm. what are some of the promises that we see from God, either about who he is or what he's doing? Um, what are some of those promises that we will find in wisdom literature?
2: oh we can find so many of them that i feel like that's where this is where the wisdom literature really really shines is that it gives you so many promises of the lord and you see it not just in the psalms but you can see it in job and you can see it in um even in ecclesiastes even though it feels like meaninglessness you can see it everywhere and i just think of so many um so many uh psalms that speak to i believe i will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living right in psalm Mm -hmm. 27 um so many of the psalms speak to who god is he is good he is gracious he is slow to anger he's abounding in steadfast love um he he doesn't repay us according to our sins so if we want to get a robust understanding of the character of god and who he is for his people the psalms are a fantastic place to start Mm -hmm. and um The Proverbs are a fantastic place to start in understanding what God requires of his people. What does it mean to walk in wisdom, in obedience to the Lord? And the Proverbs speak to what God requires of us and what God expects of those who are covenant people. So if sometimes it can be hard in some parts of scripture to to get a robust understanding of his character. Mm -hmm. But I think the wisdom literature, I mean, you could just spend days and hours Mm -hmm. reading the wisdom literature and writing down who God is, mm. as, you are, um, as you're, as you as you're reading. Yeah. There's a like, tons of promises of Him and who He is uh, reflected there.
0: If you had a favorite, I'm kind of pulling, putting you on the spot here, but if you were to say, like, what's your favorite, um, maybe your favorite passage and what it teaches you about God from wisdom literature.
2: Yeah, so I think one of the ones that I've that has really ministered to me a lot is in psalm 27 um i think it's verse 13 i can't remember but um that i believe i shall look upon the goodness of the lord in the land of the living Mm -hmm. and that that's what i've had to come back to over and over again is do i believe i will i will see his goodness even when i don't see his goodness Mm -hmm. currently Mm -hmm. do i believe that because i'm saved by him Mm -hmm. and will one day be Be made alive again by him. I will see his goodness. I might not see his goodness in the land of the living here, but I will for sure see it in the land of the living in the future. Mm -hmm. And that is one that's been really dear to me over and over again throughout um, the last few years of my life is having to say over and over again, I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord. I believe it. And um, I think to know that I come, I'm in a a line of of a great cloud of witnesses who have had to recite that to themselves. Mm -hmm. And even um, the psalmist who wrote it was in distress. The psalmist had to believe Mm -hmm. that God was for him. And so I'm not the first person or the last person who has had to believe that God is for me. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I think that would be one but there's so many eight mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I was like, should I ask her? Should I put her on the spot and make her pick one and then I was like, yeah, I kind of want to. But, picking your favorite yeah. pair. You <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that is a really good point though and I think what, what I hear you saying is that no matter where you're at right now, like if you're in a season of lament, if you're in a season of sorrow, if you're a season of joy, if you're in a season of celebration, you can come to wisdom literature and you will see God's promises that are specific to where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. So that, that, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good, important thing to think about with, with, when you're thinking about wisdom literature.
1: That's been huge in reading your book. I was kind of like you said earlier, like I was one of those people, I would like put the Psalms on things and kind of just go to them and read them when I needed Mm -hmm. like to feel good or a little bit of encouragement, but I hadn't really studied Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. and it's helped. I like so many of us right now have all the feelings, right? All
2: All of them. them.
1: Um, I feel like, you know, at the beginning of your book, you're like, okay, you can kind of pick which one you're feeling right now. And you can read that chapter. I'm like, oh no, like Mm -hmm. I'm just going straight through because I'm feeling all these things. Mm -hmm. And it's really helped give that language to what I'm feeling Mm -hmm. and to know, like these things are okay to feel. And this is how I bring those feelings to God. And these are his promises in relation to those feelings. And so Mm -hmm. it's just been so good to really study the Psalms Mm -hmm. and have, have that language and to know I'm not alone. Like I love how you bring that Mm -hmm. out a lot in your book. Like these men of God, like they felt the same way and Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's okay. And it's good. It's Mm -hmm. good. So one of the things we've been doing throughout our series is, um, kind of like the Jesus storybook Bible talks about, right? Mm -hmm. Like every story whispers Jesus's name. So how does the wisdom
2: literature specifically point to Jesus? So I think maybe the more obvious answer is Jesus is the perfect embodiment of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is he, and when you read wisdom literature and it speaks to what a wise person is and what a wise person does Jesus is all of those things. Mm. Um, he's always just, he's always good. He's always um he's always caring for people. He's always obeying the obeying and doing the right thing. Um so he embodies wisdom. And we think of like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. He he is the Lord, but he also in in his in the incarnation as the, as the Son of God on earth, he is obeying the Father and doing what the Father mm-hmm. um asks him in um so the there's that as well but then he every when you think of how he was also um he lived on earth a, a difficult life mm-hmm. so um I always think of in Acts where it talks about how through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God, and how in Jesus talks about to his disciples that no servant is is above his master. And so, to be a follower of Jesus is a call to suffer and a call yeah, to yeah. to a hard life and to. Um, and I think particularly during the last year, just to be human is a call to suffer. Like so, this it's is true. like COVID has fallen on everyone. Like it's not there's right. nobody who is immune from this, right. and. Um, or the effects of, of COVID and everything. And so the, he walked through the pain of this world. He walked the brokenness of this world. And many times he was singing the Psalms. I mean, Mm -hmm. on the cross, he was singing Psalm 22 and, um, he was using the Psalms as his language Mm -hmm. in his greatest cry of distress. And so I think for us, it's comforting not only that we have a sympathetic high priest mm-hmm. who is on before us and then is also modeled for us what um how we're to how we're to respond um but it also is it helps us in our disorientation with life in a broken world that this is this is not a surprise to god mm-hmm. this is this is not like god's not happy that all this is happening mm-hmm. this is not the world how he intends his world to be right. but we we're not the first or the last to walk through difficulty and Jesus has gone before us mm-hmm. and he's interceding for us and he has, he is sustaining us and the Psalms and all of the wisdom literature help us, help us see that we have a savior who, who, um, who, who suffered and who calls us to suffer, mm-hmm. um, but will also want to deliver us.
0: Mm. Man, that's such a beautiful picture that I I think maybe just within the last year or two, I've I've recognized that Jesus uses the Psalms. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I knew that before. And what a, just like, like you're saying, what an encouragement for us. If, if Jesus is doing that, like that, we should be so comfortable with, with the Psalms that that's our response in times of really, lament, and really. in times of, sorrow and those things and even in times of joy right in times of celebration we see that in the psalms as well like that should be what kind of oozes out Mm -hmm. of us um and in order for that to happen it takes us spending time um in in those passages and in 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 that um in that world i think that's a i think that's a really a great answer to how it points to jesus because i feel like the other parts of the story of scripture it's easiest for us to say like okay the king's point us to Jesus because we need a true and better King. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Tim Keller has that, that awesome, um, little video he made and (laughs) Shylin has, you know, he always says wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough. Yep. Yep. I know you've used that before. You're the first (laughs) person
1: I heard talk about that. And I was like, who's Shylin? I looked him up after you talked about him at Proclaimed Truth. And now like, he's all my kids want to listen yeah. to. So I love
0: him. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. he's so good. So he's so yeah. good. His teaching is really good too. He's a great teacher. Yeah. He's a great teacher. So yeah, good. His wife's a really good teacher as well. Yes. Yes. And so just like, I feel like the other parts of scripture, it's kind of easy to make those connections. And so I was like mm-hmm. with wisdom literature, how do we make that connection? Yeah. And you answered that yeah. so beautifully. I yeah. think that was so good. Yeah, it's great. So this kind
1: of ties into your last answer, but what are some practical applications that we can take
2: from wisdom literature? Yeah, I think uh, one of the really practical takeaways that I think has just helped me personally with the wisdom literature is to use that to pray. Mm -hmm. So um, this is not original to me. One of my seminary professors, Dr. Don Whitney, he has written a book on it and taught and he teaches it one of his classes about praying scripture. And so, um, but I think in, it's particularly in the Psalms, but you can do with all of them. I've done with Proverbs as well is reading this. So many of the Psalms are are prayers. They're uh, like Psalm 13 is literally, he's asking God, where are you? Why have you not, why have you not answered me? And so taking those prayers and adapting them to to our life and praying them back to the Lord. I think that's incredibly helpful for maybe for someone who is struggling with what to pray or like, what am I, what should I say when I pray or for someone who is uh, in in just great distress, then to be able to take those words and like Jesus on the cross, right? I mean, what did Jesus do on the cross? My God, my God, why have you Mm -hmm. forsaken me? And he prays Psalm 22 and, And what's so great about Psalm 22 is Psalm 22 is one of those Psalms that actually has a resolution and deliverance at the end of it, which, um, Jesus is not only praying Psalm 22, but then he's also, he knows the outcome of his own Mm -hmm. own distress. And so, but for us to be, to know that in our distress, we can take, we can take a how long prayer to Mm -hmm. the Lord. Mm -hmm. We can say, how long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? Um, I think for weary Christians, I think particularly even in, in the season that we're in, to take those, those psalms of lament and cry out to the Lord with the words that he has mm-hmm. that are inspired by right, him, right. that are his words, um, I think are just really helpful and allow us to feel like we're not forgotten in our distress mm-hmm. as well. That's good. It's real good.
0: We've been talking a lot about prayer, so I think that was a that was a perfect answer. Yes, yes, that was okay. so good, great. <laughs> So like we said, if this is something that you're really interested in as you're listening to this, we just cannot recommend Courtney's book highly enough. Um, teach me to feel we'll have links to all of that in the videos, in the study guide. I feel like wisdom literature is an area that I would like to study more. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I've been reading your book as well and I'm enjoying it so much. And so thank you so much for your time, for, for coming on here. Um, we appreciate your time and we just are big fans of you. We enjoy every time we get to sit (laughs) under your teaching. We're so thankful. So thank you for for coming on here, Courtney.
1: Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. I uh, I hope everyone grows to love the Psalms and wisdom literature too. Come back next week as we continue discussing the story of Scripture. We're going to dive into the New Testament, starting with the Gospels. And we're going to talk about how God came to dwell with His people.
0: If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly
1: talented Katie Pops.